a friend of mine told me a year after the fact that she almost hadn't invited our family to join hers to see a Cirque du Soleil show. And she said, yeah, I, I agonized over it for weeks. I was worried that you would only want to sit in front row of seats, which our family can't afford. I felt terrible. I didn't realize that she was worried about the finances. But, you know, our friendship meant more to me than front row seats. Didn't she know that? You're listening to Financial Grown-Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown-up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Do you have friends with more money than you? Friends with less? What about friends with a lot less? To the point that you're worried it's going to make things socially, well, awkward. Yeah, we're going there. We're going to talk rich people problems. But actually, the truth is so many of us are in different financial positions than our friends. So keep listening. Jen Risher joined Microsoft in 1991, where she worked as a recruiter and then as a product manager and met her husband. By their early 30s, they had tens of millions of dollars thanks to Microsoft stock options. Their fortune grew after her husband joined Amazon back when it was just selling books. You get the picture. But getting used to having money was just the beginning of what has been an amazing but often uncomfortable life journey. Jen has written about it in her new book, We Need to Talk, a memoir about wealth, which we also discuss in our interview. Here is Jen Risher. Jen Risher, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Bobby. It's great to be here. Big congratulations on your new book, We Need to Talk, a memoir about wealth. And you're talking about your sudden wealth, sort of sudden wealth, but wealth yeah. that you did not grow up with and wealth that you did not expect to have. Exactly. I got really lucky. Yes. And I'm talking about the impact that wealth has on a person's identity, on relationships, sense of place in the world. I'm telling my story in this book. And your story, just to give a quick glimpse into it, had to do with money that was earned very unexpectedly through options as an early Microsoft employee. Exactly. Yes. I was 25. I joined Microsoft and I met my husband. And then I got these things called stock options, which yeah, ended up being worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that was the beginning because six years later, when David and I were married and expecting our first child, he took a job at a small unknown startup that was selling books on the internet called Amazon.com. And there we were in our early 30s, company went public. And yeah, we had more money than we could wrap our head around. Which is wonderful, but it also made your life a little bit complicated. And your money story has to do with how it, I guess, influenced the different challenges you faced when you were a new mother. Tell us your money story. Yeah, well, after our first daughter was born, well, motherhood is incredible, right? So this curtain opened, I entered this new world, I had this incredible baby, and I joined a mom's group with other new moms, and we were all in it together. I mean, everyone wants to talk about, you know, how much their baby isn't sleeping and how to keep them from crying and how to, you know, just all the joys, the ups and downs. And I felt so connected to this group of women. At the same time, I had this other curtain lift, and I was in this other new world where there was really silence. 
no one talks about money. You know, and I heard that, oh, the wealthy don't want to worry about people only liking them for their money. But I wasn't worried about being liked for what I had. I was worried about being hated for it. So I kept it secret. I kept it hidden. So as the women in my my mother's group started talking about what stroller to buy or what high chair to buy, I felt like I couldn't contribute. I didn't want anyone to know about my situation. Because a lot of the discussion had to do with best value, best bang for your buck. Where can you get things for less price? was a big part of that decision for them. And it wasn't necessarily for you. Is that correct? That's absolutely right. Yes. So there was, you know, although we were relating on every level to all the stuff that was going on as new moms, when it came to buying anything or thinking about like, I'd have to be at home during the evenings when my husband was out working, he was never came home. He was working really hard. And I felt like I couldn't complain about that. So there are a lot of issues that were kind of coming up for me that I couldn't share with other people. And how did that evolve? Did you become more comfortable with them? Did it start coming out? What was their reaction? And did they react negatively as you feared? We know it took a long time to evolve. (laughs) It's hard to imagine money as a challenge that needs to be overcome. And I'll say up front that money does make life easier. So no one needs to shed any tears over my situation. But it is isolating. So I didn't talk about it. And normally I do. If I have a question, I ask my friends, what should you do? What did you do? I get other people's experiences. But when it came to money, there was no one I could turn to. I felt like I couldn't talk. And it's taken me a long time to get comfortable enough to talk and to try and get other people to do the same. So what did you do that helped you get over that hurdle? Yeah, I spent some time feeling a little on the outside which was tough. And I think, you know, I I spent a long time writing my book and and that was part of kind of coming to terms with issues around money. And now I really want to get us talking about money because it is a way to connect and learn from each other. And we all, I mean, the emotions that come up with money are pretty universal because they involve fear. We're afraid of hurting someone's feelings or afraid of not measuring up or sounding unknowledgeable. And, you know, we all have some sense of money shame or money guilt. We all have a money story, right? And so the more we can talk to each other about the emotions that come up for us, I think the better because we'd be more connected. How has it affected your friendships? When you don't talk about something, I think it tends to loom large and take on a life of its own. It gives money a lot of power when you don't talk about it. But I think when you actually can have that dialogue, it kind of puts money in its place as a tool and a benefit it's something that's, you know, not bigger than I am or than, than a friend is. So the people who know me and know that, yeah, that's just something that I am lucky enough to have as a tool in my toolbox. <laughs> so what are the lessons from the story? I think it is important to be transparent and to acknowledge those differences up front. And when they come up to talk about them, like if I want to go to a, a fancy restaurant and I know the person I, I want to have dinner with can't afford it, then it's like, you know, it's on me this time. Or if someone feels like they don't want to go to that restaurant, they want to eat somewhere, you know, more within their budget, then we need to talk about it and make sure that those things don't become bigger than us and that we're, you know, in communication. So I think it really is important to maybe get uncomfortable for a little bit and to be vulnerable and really connect as people because ultimately, I mean, that's where life happens and that's where happiness happens is in our relationships, in our connections with other people. People say money doesn't make you happy. And I, I used to tell myself, oh, money doesn't make me happy. Well, it's not going to make me happy, kind of secretly thinking that it just might. 
But now I can tell you from firsthand experience that, yeah, it's, it's nice, but it's not it. It really is those relationships that you have with other people. And it sounds like you've evolved. How would you have approached that group differently? I used to want to keep things hidden and now it doesn't benefit me. It doesn't benefit anyone else either. I mean, it really, it's not helpful to try and hide what you have or what you don't have because people can sense authenticity and I trust people enough to be able to handle the fact that I have money and that they can look past it and and look, see me as just another person because that's how I feel. And I think that's important for us all to know that No, money doesn't make you special or better than or worse than. It's just one more thing that you have in your life. And I feel very fortunate that I have it in my life because it means that I can be generous and I am very grateful. And that also brings us to your everyday money tip, which has to do with communication, really. It is. And I'll tell you a little story because a friend of mine who is middle class told me how she and her husband drove the same car for many, many years. And finally, when it broke down, she bought an Audi Q5. She'd always wanted that car. She loved that car. But then when she was thinking about visiting her sister and driving up in the car, she started to worry about being judged. And in her mind, she heard herself, her sister saying, oh, aren't we fancy now? Probably too good for us. And in her mind, then she also heard herself justifying the car. Well, it was used. It wasn't that expensive. And there, you know, is an example of, you know, you, you haven't even talked to your sister and you're making all these assumptions, you're telling yourself stories. What would happen if she had talked to her sister? My bet is that it, maybe it would be a little uncomfortable, but there's so much relief and connection that can come from addressing your fears of whatever she was afraid her sister would feel. And then there is that, like you say, the ownership of, yeah, you know, I wanted this car. I'm excited about this car. And I'm happy with it. And and to share that excitement with your sister. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that what you're basically saying is don't apologize for something. Don't create a conflict that doesn't exist. Don't prejudge that people are going to judge you for a purchase. Live your own life. Do what you want to do and let them react, but communicate with them. Discuss it. If they have a reaction like that to something you purchase, well, ask them why. Why do they take issue with you buying something? And, you know, in some cases, it could be they're taking issue because they have a real concern. Somebody might have a spending problem or something. Doesn't sound like that's the case here, but it's the dialogue. It's talking about it and keeping that relationship intact and not presuming someone's going to judge you and therefore not buying it or even worse, hiding a purchase. Yes. Well said. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it is that communication. A friend of mine told me like a year after the fact that she almost hadn't invited our family to join her to see a Cirque du Soleil show. And she said, yeah, I agonized over it for weeks. I was worried that you would only want to sit in front row seats, which our family can't afford. I felt terrible. I didn't realize that she was worried about the finances. But, you know, our friendship meant more to me than front row seats. Didn't she know that? But I'm so happy that she said something to me. And the fact that she you know, trusted me enough to bring up money really made me feel closer to her. And our conversation really it, it ended up bringing us closer. It also made me more aware of, you know, how money might play a role in, in my relationships with other people and how I could be out of touch. Like I had that hadn't even crossed my mind, but hearing that from her helped me be more aware. So 
So I think it's just a win-win. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things. Who knows what we don't know that people judge us, whether maybe somebody doesn't invite somebody to something because they think they don't have enough money and they do want to sit in the front row seat, which is not very nice. But, you know, some people might say we or we want to go to this restaurant and we don't feel comfortable treating them. And so we're not going to invite them when maybe they could afford it or would do it. And we just should talk about it. We shouldn't just assume and make judgments about people. And also we should buy things we want to buy if we can afford them and enjoy them and not assume we will be judged. So much wisdom. Tell us more about your book, which is just coming out now. We need to talk a memoir about wealth. My story is sort of one that I'd want to know about if it hadn't happened to me. So I'm offering up this story really that has not been told. That does include things like, you know, how hard it can be to navigate a vacation with another family that doesn't share your resources, or how upsetting it is if you feel like a friend is jealous and you can't share with what's going on in your life, or how painful it can feel if you think your parents disapprove of what you have. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, I love your part where you talk about your relationship with your family. And that goes back to the idea of assumptions where you assume they would have certain reactions, but that wasn't necessarily the case. True. It needed to talk. And when we did talk, guess what? It brought us more together. It made me feel more comfortable. And really, that's my message to people is, you know, get uncomfortable because it might be hard at first. But once you get to the other side, there's so much connection, so much learning that can happen. Where can people find out more about you and your book, We Need to Talk, a Memoir About Wealth? So I have a website. It's jenniferrisher.com. So that's R-I-S-H-E-R. It's Risher. And on my website, there's links to where to buy my book. Buy it at an indie bookstore because we want to support small businesses. And yeah, there's also a video on my on my website. So you can like short video that kind of explains more about the book. And social media? I'm on Facebook. I'm not a huge social media fan. (laughs) That's okay. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you. Here we go, guys. Financial grown-up tip number one. If you are the wealthier of your friends and you want to treat the other friend or friends to, say, a restaurant meal or the best seats at a show like Cirque du Soleil, you can make it a little less awkward by tying the outing to a special celebration. Maybe it's a birthday, or if it's a couple, maybe it's a couple's anniversary, or maybe there's a work accomplishment to celebrate. That way, you're treating as a gift for a reason, not because of the difference in economic resources. Financial grown-up tip number two, the next time you're negotiating for a new job, or you're getting a raise, or you have any leverage in a job or some kind of venture, that their stock options is a possibility, get the stock options. They could pay off big. How do you deal with friends that have more or less money than you? I would love to hear your tips. DM me at BobbyRebel1 on Instagram or at BobbyRebel on Twitter. Big thanks to those of you who have left reviews for the podcast already, like Ambitious Woman, who writes, Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is worth every episode. Quick listen, pithy, to the point, and loaded with information to help you on your financial journey. Every episode I listen to, I have learned something new. I must listen on repeat. Thank you so much. I mean, that truly makes it all worth it. Really, I read all of these and it really is so wonderful. So thank you. And thanks in advance to any of you that can possibly take a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts 
five stars is great, but if you write something too, that's really appreciated. And I really do appreciate all of you and all of your support and the nice DMs and notes that you do send me, including in terms of appreciation, Jen Risher. What a great guest. We can all thank her for helping us be financial grownups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.